Hey, have you ever felt other because you're not a mother? Or wondered why motherhood and otherhood are the only defined options for womanhood? Want to feel whole no matter the fruit of your womb? Yeah, me too. It's time for a new paradigm. Are you ready? Welcome to Ladies Like Us. I'm your host, Linda Lysing. Join me as we swap those narrow definitions with real, diverse, and inclusive stories that dig into the full spectrum of mothering mojo, including motherhood missed, motherhood dissed. We're going to coach a little, empower a lot, ask the good questions, and massively celebrate life choices. So, whether you're childless, motherhood curious, ambivalent, child-free, or a self-defined mother of any kind, this space is for you. Sound good? Let's do it. Hello, Linda here. Back after a brief hiatus, definitely did not mean to stay away this long, but I started to deeply think about other topics I wanted to present At first, I was just going to throw down a great episode about legacy, but now I realize that I I want to give this conversation um, more time and space. And so today I'm going to kickstart a conversation that I want to continue for the next few weeks um, regarding legacy, regarding what happens to our memory are, I literally can't think of the word. I guess it's legacy, right? (laughs) Um, Yeah, literally. Okay. uh, So my first portion of this conversation is who mourns me when I die? Who gets my stuff? Who honors my legacy? So let's think an unthinkable thought. What if there's no one who remembers me when I die? What if all of my stuff just gets chucked into a dumpster, donated to Goodwill, and that's the end of me? Pretty awful thought, right? I know. Um, Yeah. And, And why is it so awful, right? Like, you know, you think about having a small footprint on this earth. It's kind of nice to not leave a whole lot of junk and burden other people with your junk. And yet this idea of no one to sort of inherit, whether it's our um, rituals, whether it's our traditions, whether it's our stuff, right? Someone's China collection lovingly collected or my fabulous hat collection, like who's going to get that, right? I don't have this natural air to receive my wisdom or my goods. I recently saw some footage. A woman in my coaching group, she posted photos from her daughter's bridal shower. And there was this great display that was obviously a source of pride. And it was really well done. In the display, there were two dress forms flanking a center table. And each of the forms was dressed in a wedding gown of one of the deceased grandmothers. So obviously the intention here is to honor the generation before perfectly displayed at a time when 
you know, the granddaughter is now embarking on this journey, right? On the table, there's old photos showing what each grandmother looked like on her respective wedding day. And there were some props from that time to fully evoke that bygone era. So, you know, to see both mourning, right? Mourning of them for not being there to celebrate with them and honoring. So I think about the tender objects and specifics um, to see both mourning and honoring displayed simultaneously through the care and curation of others further down the lineage, right? It's, it's really moving. It was really moving. I could see myself creating something like that. Yeah. And again, behind me, you know, I can do that, right? But yeah, who's there to do that for me? Or will I be that to anyone else really? Right. So, so while this is moving, this kind of stuff is the source of anxiety for some of us non-mothers because like, where might this cherishing take place for us? We silently ask with luck, maybe, you know, we can be the beloved auntie, an indispensable unit of the family, some eccentric, cool lady of legend, right? But what if we ended up spending, you know, a lot of our lives away from the family fold, um, maybe living a less traditional life? What might we expect here? Motherhood, as life-savvy women know, is not a guarantee of receiving filial piety. That just means, um, your children's complete loyalty and, and devotion or adoration. A lot of great kids have super shitty moms and a lot of great moms have shitty kids. But, you know, because we were children once, we know to what extent we forgive our parents, to what extent we want to give our mothers what they want. That's how much we want their love, right? And we know that we don't carry that kind of sway over friends' kids or your sister's kids or your cousin's kids. I mean, you know, maybe maybe you have formed a special relationship. If that's the case, keep it going for sure. But I think that many of us can feel into what we may not have in the end. Someone who may go to great lengths to carry out our dying wishes or our posthumous wishes right? So I don't know if you've watched um, this show called The White Lotus. I think it's an HBO thing, if I'm not mistaken. Definitely streaming. It's nine episodes. There's a character played by Jennifer Coolidge, who is the, um, the MILF from the American Pie movies, as well as Best in Show, you know, buxom, blonde. She's also in the Otherhood PS, just fun fact, and super fun and funny about it. Um, Anyway, her character in this show is is so well done. Um, Tanya, Tanya McCoy or something. And she comes there to scatter her mother's ashes. And, you know, this is this is like this tropical paradise, but she's got this heavy burden. She seems pretty wealthy and she's got nice clothes and able to enjoy this resort, but Ultimately, her heart is heavy with this burden because this is what she's there for. It's interesting because we only know what her mother was like from conversations that pretty much are one-sided. She'll start talking and, and, and she'll start trailing off and drop some interesting bomb about 
like what a bitch her mom was really. Um, most people walk away from her before she even finishes her sentences. So obviously these are meant for us, the audience to fully take in how awful this mother was like total narcissist. Sometimes she's talking to herself um, or her mother's ashes. And it's interesting because there's so much love and so much pain in the relationship with her mother. And the mother's death does nothing to offer relief. From what her lines offer, I think we can gather that the mom was very cruel and, like I said, a narcissist. Um, even though she has wealth, health, style, she's holding on to her beauty, Tanya barely exists. She's a very, um, what they would call a liminal character, which kind of happens with narcissistic wounding. If you're curious about that topic, I suggest you look it up. Um, so stunted is she by the woman who was her mother that even when she's expressing righteous anger or like a protest in her mind, she's so fast to apologize, like to the air around her, lest she be punished for her descent from like, you know, heaven above. And, um, yeah, and in spite of this torturous relationship, she is still pretty much doing everything in her power to carry out her mother's wishes. So it's an extreme example. And I would never want to torment my child and have her live in fear of displacing me, especially in carrying out my funeral plans. But like I said, the devotion, even to a bad mom, when we're not moms, how do we even picture someone who is dedicated enough to what mattered to us to really even think about going to these great lengths, right? So, so this brings me to that topic of legacy. And what is it? What is legacy now that we're thinking about it? Part of the official definition lays out that it can be an idea that will be remembered for a long time or something handed down from a predecessor. So sometimes, you know, like if you think about your legacy from a college, so it means like your whole family went there and they probably donated money there. So you're inheriting this privilege of going there. Other times it's something that you built up in your lifetime that you imagine will continue after you die. So words like inheritance and heritage, they're all kind of related. I would say heritage tends to be more through birth, right? You think about cultural heritages and things like that. Inheritance is because of your relationship to the person or body that is giving you something, right? So we inherit from the past and we pass on to the future. A lot of this can be more material or economical, so... Hence the who gets your stuff when you die conversation, right? Legacy is more immaterial and cultural. I mean, it can be that you built something physical, like Oprah building her school in Africa, right? Like that's kind of, it ticks a lot of boxes here because it is a physical structure that impacts actual people, but it's also like something that can continue on once it's kickstarted and upholds her values in a specific way, right? So think about the wedding display of my friend's family. That's something 
that relates to all of those points. And the honoring of a mother's burial wishes can be considered a kind of inheritance of sorts. So again, not to bring this up in a in a sad way, I'm kind of like trying to have some gallows humor about it, if <laughs> if if that's translating. Um, I have like cool stuff and I keep giving it to people. And I wonder sometimes if I'm like, okay, I'm nowhere near dying, but I just have this impulse to mm, share something that I took the trouble to find and love and make sure it goes to a good home. And again, after I give it to them, they can do what they please, right? It's like not important for them to, you know, have handed it down in their family and and still be around 100 years from now. But uh, picture this. So whether it's you don't have a daughter who right about now is resurrecting items from your closet because they're vintage and cool, or you don't get to be all Oprah with your life lessons and be like, here's what I know for sure. I mean, you have to admit, it's, it's hard to feel like there won't be a continuation of what was important to you projecting into the future, right? So it's like there's this, uh, I think it's a Morrissey song, or is it a, yeah, it's a Morrissey song, I'm the end of the family line. <laughs> and, uh, you know, again, it's, it's kind of um, wry humor. He's like, I'm the end of the family line, the end of the line, no baby pulled screaming out into the seething world by chance or whim. <laughs> yeah, sung by a gay man, but you know, he feels it. So think about this, what you cherished and appreciated both materially and as values won't be inherited or acknowledged or honored by your family down the line. I'm not saying that's the case for you, but what if, right? Of course, we know plenty of people who have no interest in preserving tradition, but even so, things seep through. No doubt there are some things you care about preserving as tradition or ritual because you saw your mom or grandmother do it. And it might just be that you never replaced it, but chances are you feel connected to them when you engage in that habit or ritual when it occurs to you to think about it. And, you know, are there things that maybe you don't do or share because there's no one in front of you, a child of your own, a niece or nephew, a friend's kid to pass it along to? I've definitely thought about things like that. My friend and her mom have this awesome tradition we call it pilot head. <laughs> and I love that they looped me into it. So um, basically like the head of a GI Joe doll would make its way into my friend's backpack or lunch. And then, you know, and it was just to be funny. And so then she would bring it home and put it somewhere funny for her mom to find. And then one day I found it in, in my locker just sitting there staring at me. And so I got to participate in this tradition, but I've thought about these kind of things and how if I had a kid, I would totally do these absurd little, little jokes, especially ones that kind of like volley back and forth because I kind of love that kind of thing. Um, But yes, so, so um, I'm not going to leave you hanging here and, and, and just 
talk about what you don't have. You know, you can find ways to create some joyous traditions, to be sure. And so, yeah, what's another to do? I would say buddy up, use your friendship skills to keep building. I know blood is thicker than water, sure. But remember this, my friends, soul is sticky stuff, okay? So when you sense a soul connection, I mean, grab on and continue it. Keep keep it going. Invest energy into it. I mean, I think one of the things we sometimes forget about is to invest energy into our existing relationships to infuse creativity. And no doubt, you know, children inspire us to be creative because they're just funny, right? As they're growing, like their view of the world is is just so endearing or interesting and it kickstarts certain reactions in us. And so we become more creative through the interaction. Again, this doesn't mean that you can't do that with your existing friends. I mean, we think we know, but they're a world, a whole universe unto themselves, just like you are. And really just thinking about creating new memories versus uh, rehashing old ones, for instance, creating deliberate moments of um, seeing each other, even friends who have become distant, you know, through COVID and they live far away and maybe we, we virtually connected here and there. But if you trust the connection is there, you know, even seeing them once a year does so much to feed that relationship. And so think about the resources that you don't have to invest in a child. I would I would highly suggest you reinvest in yourself and reinvest in your friendships, your friend family, because these things are important. And, and, and I'm including mothers here too, by the way. It's not like these are just your non-mom friends, right? Like the mothers in your soul tribe, they won't always be in the deep woods of motherhood, right? So be there when they emerge. Believe in the long game. That's what a soulful friendship does. Are you with me so far? Okay. One more tip for today. Um, might sound a little unconventional. Save up and get really specific about what kind of funeral send-off or party or celebration of life that you want. Like, you know, your favorite songs, your outfit. It does not have to be macabre. Like, seriously, like, have a little control. Art direct that shit. You know, like sometimes people in your life can intuit exactly like what you would or wouldn't want, but how amusing will it be to <laughs> have the people that are arranging for you <laughs> know just how specific you want to be about about that day, right? So yeah, I think um, these are my first two tips. There's going to be more, um, but I don't want to scare you away <laughs> with my odd ideas. No, but really, um, I want to keep it fun. And so looking at this together, thank you for listening because um, you're making it fun for me. <laughs> Something that's really not fun. It's kind of like we can infuse um, our own little perspective on it and just, um, yeah, I don't know, take it head on, right? So thank you again for being here and I will talk to you soon. 